Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello and welcome to the latest Laz and Powers podcast. I am Mark Lazarus. I'm joined as always by Scott Powers. We're from The Athletic. Uh, we have a very special episode for you today, Scott, someone that I'm not sure you're familiar with. Uh, he used to play for the Blackhawks. He has a book that came out uh, that he wrote exclusively by himself with no help whatsoever. It's uh, young Mr. Marian Hosa. Yes, he uh, he finally, he, we finally have him on. I I know that we joke with him and on the interview that he, <laughs> I don't know if he took it, understood it, the joke, but uh, he, uh, yes, we, we've, after weeks and weeks of talking about Marion Jose, he finally, uh, he finally on and we talk about the retirement ceremony, which, which was kind of interesting, actually uh, getting his thoughts afterward. Uh, I know a lot of people talked to him beforehand. So um, yeah, it was, it was nice to catch up and talk about some stuff in the book and his career and even what he has going on after his career. So um, yeah, we'll, uh, this will be uh, this week's podcast, and we'll come to you again next week with. Uh... Right. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say it's it's probably a lot better to talk about you know glory years from the past than talk about this Blackhawks team for a week. Let's give everyone a reprieve from having to talk about this particular Blackhawks team. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back with, with next uh, next week with with this year this year's Blackhawks team. But for for now, for Marion Hosa and uh, yeah, his uh, his retirement and and so on. So let's uh, let's bring him in. And we bring in Marion Hosa, Hall of Famer, who recently had his number retired by the Blackhawks and uh, who uh, who recently re- re- released his autobiography, which I helped out with. Marion, uh, we've done we've done many, many Zoom calls over the last, I guess, two years. And I, maybe this will be our final one, huh? <laughs> uh, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice to see you, Scott. Uh, Mark, uh, you know, thanks uh, for having me. You know, I mentioned, you know, Scott just introduced you as a Hall of Famer and your jersey retired. Are those things you think about as a player that someday down the road when it's all over that you might be kind of immortalized that way? Does that ever cross your mind as a player? Uh, I cannot speak for other players, but uh, for me personally, uh, never. Uh, I never thought about those things uh, during my career, you know, maybe uh, towards my last year. When uh, people start mentioning my name, you know, maybe, you know, my name could be, you know, one day uh, Hall of Fame name. Then, uh, you know, I heard it first time then, you know, and I already played like 19th year uh, in the league. So that's the first time. So you don't ever think about that as a player, your legacy? I mean, a lot of guys do, I know. But, you know, I wonder, like, you think about, man, I've had a really good career here. You never think about things like that? Um, yeah, like I, I, I'm gonna repeat myself. I never thought about uh, you know my name being in Hall of Fame when I was playing, or my jersey one day will be you know under the roof. Uh, that never crossed my mind. Uh, you know, uh, obviously I mentioned it a million times. You know, my goal was to be 
on a winning team. And uh, I was blessed and lucky, you know, to be part of something special. And the dream came true. But uh, obviously, it's uh, such an honor. You know, this thing came up later after my career. And uh, it's a privilege and uh, it's a special thing for a player. It's been a few weeks since the ceremony. What, I guess now that you've had some time to reflect on it, and I know that whole week was kind of crazy for you, and just, you know, now that the jersey's up there, what kind of how do you reflect upon all that after a few weeks of going through it all? It's, it took, took me a while to everything sink in, and, uh, you know, a week later when we finally settled down after the busy schedule in the North America, in Chicago, uh, me and my wife, uh, we sit down uh, one uh, evening and we put the ceremony on and we start watching it, you know, kind of relaxed from the living room and uh, try to enjoy it uh, from different per, uh, part of you. Because, you know, when you're down there, you see lots of special things going on, but you don't really look, you kind of focus on your speech, you know, focus, uh, you don't uh, miss on someone. And uh, right now, when I was, you know, a week later in my living room, and I saw the picture from above, and I saw how special that ceremony was, and uh, I had goosebumps going through my uh, through my body. And there was, uh, I, I forget to thank, you know, many people who were part of it, you know, because that doesn't happen over the night. It's a special ceremony, and that took so much preparation and I want to thank all the people, you know, through you guys, uh, because it's, uh, it was amazing to me. You know, it was like I felt like a rock star. It was like a, <laughs> before the concert and I saw the lights blinking. It was amazing. And uh, it was uh, everybody in Slovakia when they saw me after they said how beautiful the ceremony was. And. And they, everybody's saying, like, the Americans, they know how to throw the party. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of us were really glad to see that, you know, you had Eddie Olchek do the uh, the, uh, the kind of MC the ceremony. Uh, was that something you insisted on? Or was that because, I mean, they, he kind of left on not the greatest terms here over the summer. Yes, uh, I kind of knew uh, it was kind of like, uh, how would I describe it? Uh, I think I, I play a little politician, you know, in a, some way, <laughs> because I understand, you know, there is a part, uh, you know, part of me really want Eddie to be, you know, involved because he was there. I had a great relationship with Eddie and I asked him if he, if he would like to do it, if it would be kind to do it. I would really want him to be part of it uh, and that would be special for me. And he said, yeah, definitely. So I'm glad it ended up at the end. Uh, great. I understand the new people got a new thing, uh, how they want to run the team. And, you know, I respect also uh, them. So I try to be, you know, polite. I try to, you know, talk to both sides and uh, try to bring the best of it. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they said, it's your party. So it's your call. And I said, great. You know, Eddie, you know, if you don't mind, I want you to do an MC. And he was so kind to do it. And I think that was amazing. And that was special that Eddie, for me, he was doing it. And I want to thank him. There were a lot of people who came near and far to, to you know, to your celebration. Was there anyone you were surprised by that showed up? Uh, well, I'm like, first of all, I understand, like, I got a bunch of text messages from the guys who couldn't be there for different reasons. 
and uh, I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, thank I already thank all the guys who were there. And I think uh, in these special moments, we always have a lot to talk about. And the really important for me was all the seven of us who won three times. They were part of a red carpet. Uh, th that was great. And obviously, I talked to Q. I really want Q to be there. But, uh, you know, for some reasons, uh, obviously, you guys know for what reasons he couldn't come. And uh, that was, uh, you know, one thing. But he said he's going to be there in a the spirit. And he flew next day to Chicago because we did a photo shoot uh, with a with a queue and uh, he flew over. Uh, so we met him and we had a great picture, seven of us uh, with the Stanley Cup and the coach queue together. So well, the picture haven't been uh, brought up yet, but it's, uh, it's going to be a great picture. And uh, it's going to be, I think, a legendary picture for not just for seven of us, plus the coach, but I think for lots of fans in Chicago one day when it's going to be released. What is your relationship like with those six other guys, the, you know, Kane, Taves, Keith, Seabrook, uh, Johnson, and uh, Sharp? Do you guys have, like, your own separate group chat that you use? Like, how often are you in touch with those guys? Well, uh, we, you know, we set up uh, uh, one uh, group chat together, seven of us, and uh, it's it's been special, you know, for me, because... I, I wanted to invite more players on a red carpet, but there was no room. And I was thinking, like, I don't want to be somebody upset on me, so how am I going to do that, right? And I talked to myself. I said, like, you know, I want to have Stanley Cup champions on the red carpet. But they said there's only so many chairs, right? So I said, like, okay, so maybe if I got, like, three Stanley Cup champions plus two, there's still, like, lots of people, and there's, like, too many, you know, not many seats. So I don't want anybody because... You know, there's like special players who won two times for me. And if I invite one, you know, the other one's going to be like, why am I not there? You know, so you know, like, like Corey was there, right? Corey Crawford was in the building. You could have just like snuck him out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, he, he, he's another person like who would deserve, you know, or I wanted to be there. But because of the other players, how are they going to look at it? Like, why, why am I not there? You know, and I understand that feeling. So I try to be, you know, fair. And uh, then, uh, you know, make it right. I just brought the players who won three times. And, uh, but definitely I have like great relationship with the guys who won one time, you know, or two times. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. There was only like so many ch chairs on, on the ice. So I have to make a decision. We've been talking a lot about which, which guys should get their jerseys retired next. Are you, I mean, if you're up there, should all seven of you be up there? <laughs> well, you know, it's, if it is up to me, yes. Uh, but I understand, you know, it's not up to me. Uh, it's going to be on a, you know, uh, different people to decide who is going to be uh, up there. And uh, there's going to be few, definitely. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, if it is up to me, I, I would like to have everybody there. I had heard that Marcus Kruger didn't come because you weren't going to put him on the red carpet. <laughs> yeah. yeah i know marcus is still playing uh in, in the swedish uh, league so uh but that's a good one scott <laughs> um speaking of people who are still playing yager got on the ice again for a game yesterday um i know we we talked about him a bit for the book what, what i mean for him to be still playing at 50 i think he had two assists what uh what do you think of him yeah you know why he's playing right 
Like people got sick or something, right? No, because they got exhibition game against Slovak team in February, so he is getting ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we had like one game in uh, in Bratislava, and we got a second exhibition game in Prague. So uh, we were joking, you know, um, he started playing because he wanna be ready for the game. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it's 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 impressive. I just watched the uh, sports news uh, this evening uh, because uh, the soccer is the biggest thing in Qatar, right? The, the World Cup and uh, everybody cannot wait for tomorrow games when uh, Argentina playing uh, Croatia. It's going to be huge. And uh, so go back to the Jager. They were showing him uh, when he, you know, stepped on the ice and he got two assists as a 50, soon one-year-old. It's, it's to me, it's crazy, amazing, you know, and wow uh, for the somebody playing at 51 with the elite league. It's, uh, that's impressive. I mean, he, you, you were you, you were a kid watching him play in the NHL, basically, right? Yeah, and uh, he was pretty funny because uh, the exhibition game in Bratislava, we having pregame meal, and I came a little bit late, and he came a little bit late for the pregame meal. Already, like, some guys went to the rooms already in the hotel, and he saw like maybe five of us there, like sitting and chatting with the guys. And I was just putting meal in my plate, and he's putting me his meal in a plate, and. He's looking at me, he's looking at the guys. He's like, holy shit. He's like, I'm the only one uh, player still playing, and I look the worst. He's <laughs> 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 like, you guys look better than you used to play. <laughs> so we start laughing because he got a like, great sense of humor, and he's always like joking, you know. So uh, it's, it's impressive. He's still like uh, kicking and, uh, you know, two assists in the return. That's, that's pretty good. One of my favorite stories is about you and Marcel and, and you guys had gotten what Yager's book when you were younger and, and started following his, his workout regimen right to the T, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that was a, a great inspiration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also squats. And uh, that was uh, such a great inspiration uh, for me and my brother. And I think when he was playing with him, he told him that, you know, I think we mentioned it in the book. And uh, he was, uh, you know, showing us the way as a young kid from the communist country, could really make it and uh, could really be big impact for other young players. And uh, for us, uh, you know, he was uh, even like Mike Wayne Gretzky was my favorite player of Mario Lemieux. I, I love watch Jager, the way he did the things he did in the 90s and, uh, you know, early 2000s. So that was uh, big, big inspiration. Gretzky, Lemieux, and Yager, those are pretty good uh, role models to have. Were there, were there, were there yeah. other guys maybe a little more under the radar that, 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 that you really liked growing up that you kind of modeled your game after? I definitely like Peter Forsberg. I, mm-hmm. I really like his game. And uh, obviously, you know, there was like a few parts, a uh, few years, like when I really like uh, the way he played, especially the games against Detroit when Colorado played. And uh, he could be not just great playmaker or carrying the guys on his uh, on his back, but also played the greedy game, you know, when he got mad. And that was uh, that was fun to watch. Can can you tell the story about your, your dad's uh, heroic shootout winner? I, I, I think that's one of my one of my favorite like non Marian stories in the book and just how, how how you even talked about trying to find the VH VH of it VHS of it just to make sure that it's true. Yeah, I forget what year it was. Uh, we mentioned it in the book. I, I, I forget, uh, but there was like I was uh, still young, so that was like around um, nine, 
90, 80 something, right? Uh, and uh, basically two last teams, uh, last team supposed to go to the second division, but two teams end up exactly same. The, the points, the score, the games against. So the government decided uh, all of a sudden they, they made the rule like, okay, you guys, you know, uh, going to play against each other, deciding game in a neutral stadium. So decide, you know, they both teams travel to neutral stadium. All the fans travel there, like there was sellout and big game, end up the tie and uh, overtime and the shootouts. And basically all the players went and my dad was uh, one of the last because he never scored many goals. And uh, obviously, can you imagine the ice in the old days when there was like no scraping, nothing, right? And people go after the overtime, third period, and no, no Zamboni. So there must be mess, right? So everybody tried to make the nice moves and uh, puck bounce over. And my dad just decided uh, when the coach put him there to take a slap shot, you know, between the blue and red line. And that's to me, I couldn't believe it. When I was a young kid, he told me the story and I was laughing like, who does that, right? So I didn't believe and he got upset. And after I started asking my old coaches and they said, no, it's true. You know, your dad went one of the last shooters and he take a slapper between the blue and red line and surprise the goalie. And uh, to me, that's amazing. And we tried to find the tape, we couldn't. And that's too bad because there was television games. So the tape should be somewhere, I believe still, but uh, would love to see that. That was always my favorite. You, you, you would never be in the top three in the shootout as seen. It would always be uh, Taves and Kane and like Sharp or someone like that. But whenever you got a chance, you just wind up, take that slap <laughs> shot. Like you had the hands, but you're like, screw it. I'm just going to blast it every time. I always, I always thought that was hilarious. Yeah, like when I was young, I always like uh, make some moves, but I just fell like when I was getting older, like my move didn't work anymore on a shootout. Like during the game, <laughs> during the game, you know, when the goalie wasn't ready and there was somebody chasing you. So you work better under the pressure than all of a sudden when you got so much time, you yeah. try to do something and it doesn't work. So I tried to get the right angle. And from that angle, I just figure out I got perfect angle to take a clapper on a high glove or low blocker and uh usually it worked you know Can't you scored on Marazic on Roosevelt you scored on Marazic on that this summer yeah 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 uh that was uh, during the Bratislava against the Jagger team and uh they put me out there so I did my shootout and I just saw the high uh, glove opening and I just Clap it there, and I still got it. I said, great. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we can't all have the hands of Michael Roosevelt in the shootout. Except, I think he had the prettiest move in the 10 years I covered you guys. Oh, yeah. that, that little forehand backhand <laughs> yeah. roof job, that was one of the best shootout goals I ever saw. I think he went once, and he got one, right? He got he had one chance, he went, and then he tried again, and he never he missed, and he never got another chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rosie. You, know, you, know, you look at your career, and you, you, you kind of span some – multiple eras of the NHL where you came in kind of at the height of the neutral zone trap. And then you kind of played through like those, the heavy years of like the Kings type teams up until, you know, what the Blackhawks basically ushered in that speed and skill game. Uh, how did you see the game change from uh, what you came in in 97, 98, something like that un until yeah, the end of your yeah. career, the game changed so dramatically during your time in the league. Oh yeah, it did. And uh, I remember when I started playing, uh, there was like, being in front of the net in the old days, like in the 98, 99, when I started playing, it was like you coming after the game, like uh, slashed everywhere, you know, bruises everywhere. 
And when I was, uh, you know, finishing my career, that was like untouched almost, you know, like, uh, <laughs> but uh, definitely the game got way, way faster. You know, we have to be way quicker. Uh, the decision you were making uh, has to be way quicker than in a, maybe 98. You had way more time because in the 98, there was like some guys, they barely could skate, right? But they right. were tough. They were tough. And the Ford line, basically, they were just like fighters, grinders, and, uh, you know, and uh, they couldn't keep up skating. And so, uh, but the style changed in two, after the lockout 2004 when the new rules came out. Mm-hmm. that I felt like lots of people who used to play against me, all of a sudden they disappeared from the league because they couldn't skate, they couldn't play, you know, and all of a sudden you have to be, you know, able to keep skating. And uh, before you didn't have to, to keep up because you were tough and uh, you were grinding and cross-checking and clutching, grabbing, hooking, and you have to be big, right? So definitely... There is like big difference and uh, the players, I remember in 98 when I entered uh, um, when I uh, the, the locker room in the Ottawa Senators and I came to training camp and I saw the big guys pumping the iron, you know, and mm-hmm. they were like 6'3", you know, 220 and everybody was big and I, I was came as a skinny kid. I was like, what I'm doing here, you know, like this, they're going to eat me alive. <laughs> and and nowadays, when you look at the guys, they look like skinny soccer players. It's it's amazing how <laughs> how things change over like twenty years. It's totally different guys, and uh, you know the game just way quicker, way faster. You have to be able to skate, uh, maybe less fighting. So definitely changed. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Have yeah, you heard about your... like the... Uh... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, have you heard from anyone that was in the book that... Uh... Who didn't expect to be, or do you have you heard any feedback from uh, people you've written about in the book? Um, no, no, I haven't uh, haven't heard. I know, uh, you know, uh, at least in Slovakia, it's selling pretty good, and uh, people really like uh, lots of pictures because, uh, like I mentioned uh, before, you know, the books looks really similar. Uh, the cover is really identical. Uh, that's why I want it. But inside the book, it's way thicker in Slovakia. I got extra two chapters because I'm talking way more about national team, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, in America, people don't really care about Slovakian national team as much. Uh, so uh, I'm talking way more about that. And plus, you know, there is way, way more pictures. So when the, when the reader is reading it and uh, I'm talking about, you know, we celebrating in the, in the dressing room and there is a picture of me in the dressing room celebrating with the guys. So I think the reader is more in the story, right? Instead of like flying back, you know, in the middle, looking some pictures from the dressing room. So that was my idea. I go for the reader to be closer to that, uh, you know, reading. And I just felt like uh, in Slovak version uh, was more better that way. Uh, but, you know, American version is really similar, but less pictures. 
you, 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 I used to talk to you about this all the time when you were playing your your evolution from an offensive guy to one of the best two way forwards we ever seen defensive forward. How much of a role did Pavel Dotsuk your one year in Detroit play in that? Because like he's 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 the guy that everybody thinks of as these kind of like great pickpockets, you know, defensive forwards that 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 you kind of became. How much did he influence that development in you? Uh, so much. Uh, that year, like in uh, in the Red with Red Wings, uh, was a key factor to become uh, for me better two way uh, player. And uh, even we didn't win uh, that year, gave me so much. And uh, for me, that was win to be in Detroit. You know, having my my Babcock in behind the bench. You know, even for the one year. I mentioned in the book, you know, like uh, he's one of the best coaches uh, for the preparation. Uh, you know, he also, you know, uh, I mentioned that uh, if he coached a long time, could go uh, drain the battery a little bit faster maybe than the other coaches. But uh, he was successful the way he coached, you know, that's uh, why he was successful. He got his own style and uh, the, the whole team, the way they work, the future Hall of Famers, and uh, come back to Pavel Datsuk. You know, I love to play with him. Uh, uh, the game was way easier. I learned how he still the puck. Uh, I become better in it. We practiced it after practices. We had so much fun. And uh, I can tell you one thing, you know, when I start stealing pucks from him in the practices, you know, he didn't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> the student becomes the master. Yeah. <laughs> In the book, you you talked about how you guys would play this game where you you took the puck off of each other and 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 how you got better at it. But it's something you also brought to Chicago and and taught the other guys and how you used to even look forward to end the practice would come just so you could play it. Do you think they're guys from the Blackhawks who maybe learned from you defensively, or you feel like you rubbed off on them? Uh, I think uh, you know. I hope somebody took something uh, from my game. Uh, I believe somebody did, and uh, you know, if they did, uh, you know, that's that's great. And you know, I, I was never a big talker. I tried to a lot big by example, and Adatsuk was the same way. He, I think, he was even more quiet than I was, you know. But the way he started stealing the pucks, uh, the way he played the game, that was just impressive. And I was lucky enough to be sitting beside him in the dressing room. I think there was uh, Bob Cook idea, you know, to sit us together because he knew. We're gonna start the season together, and uh, I spoke uh, spoke a little bit of Russian, so I think Pavel liked that uh, when I was talking to him in his native language, and uh, we had we had like yeah we had so much fun and uh, and uh, and uh, we played that game, and I remember I had a I had a, a podcast with John Scott, his his podcast uh, <laughs> dropping the gloves right, and he was mentioning it. We played a game, Hoss, and I remember I was I was the best. You know, I played against the Thornton in uh, San Jose against Patrick Morlow. Nobody could take the pack away from me, and I always won. And we came to Chicago, and there was one guy who always beat me, and that was Marian Hossa. And I was like, <laughs> I was like laughing, and and he's like, tell me why I could beat everybody. Oh, obviously he was a big guy, right, long reach, so nobody could take the pack away from me. Only one guy, you beat me. He's like. How is that possible? Like, what was, how, why are you so good in it? And I was like, I was like, really simple. That's easy. 
And he was like, yeah, come on, how easy is this? <laughs> I said, yeah, that's easy. Easy answer. You know, I learned from the best. I learned from Pablo Datsu. <laughs> that's how I beat you, you know, and he was laughing. <laughs> I learned it by watching you. I, I, you mentioned in the book, but my, my, my people ask me, like, what was my your favorite you know, moment you saw? It, it was, it wasn't a big goal. It wasn't like a, 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 a huge save. It was when you and Datsu traded steals. You know, Datsu took it right off your stick, went the other way. You got all pissed, ran down the other end of the ice, took it right back, and then created a scoring chance at the other end. I mean, that's that's perfect hockey right there. Like, that's what I want to see more of. And I know, you know, you used to tell me that, you know, you liked stealing a puck as much as you liked scoring a goal. And, you know, they don't make a lot of guys like that anymore. Everyone wants to score the goals. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. It's a fun to score goals. But, <laughs> but you know, especially when you play the master, when you play against them and – you have the puck and all of a sudden you're looking where's number 13 and you knew he is on the ice but you don't see him you're in trouble <laughs> so uh, so uh, when he took the puck away from me i remember the shift like it was yesterday and uh, there was nothing more important for me than took the puck away from him not because of the game but because me and him you know we play the <laughs> game so often and and i had the best feeling when i come on the uh, come to the bench and I sit down and grab the water and and I was like big smile on my face and I was like yes you know I felt like <laughs> big you know felt like a big goal for me with that, that series and uh, you know not not the, the but the Red Wings rivalry was so great it was you know of all the series you played in with the Blackhawks was that Red Wings series in 13 was was that the one that sticks out to you is it 2014 against the Kings which was just like peak perfect hockey between two great teams what what's the series that stands out to you the most is it nashville in 2010 just because of your situation which one stands out to you the most um uh, well there's so many good series we played over those years but uh like you mentioned uh mark uh both uh, or all three were great series but i think uh, yeah we did detroit because we were down 3-1 you know when yeah. they 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 thought they had us and uh and there is like something special when you come back from the series and you start feeling like you got something extra in the team. You know, you believe and uh, you go game by game and all of a sudden you start beating the team and you're just gaining so much confidence. And that series was special against Red Wings because they had like great team back then still. And we beat them even though we were down 3-1. And I think they took a tough uh, uh, that we beat them from 3-1. And uh, that was amazing series. One of the best ones uh, I remember. And uh, definitely was special. Do you remember anything about that locker room after in Game 7, uh, before overtime, after Jalmerson had the goal disallowed? Do you remember, what, what was the mood like in there? Like You thought you'd won the series and it was taken from you like that. Yeah, that was, that was tough. But we knew, you know, there was no time to, you know, uh, start like bitching or start like crying or, you know, feel bad for ourselves because, you know, we did so many good things from 3-1 being there in overtime and we forget about it. And I think everybody was focused already on the, uh, on the another face-off. And uh, that was the, that was a strong dressing room uh, mentally, I believe. Uh, and uh, we weren't worried about like, you know, what already happened, it happened. Why worry about it? You're not going to change it. You can change what is in front of you, and that's what we did. Well, Jalmerson was really pissed, though. He, he took it all. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah <laughs> that, that, definitely it was. Uh, but there was, like, some, you know, showing emotion. Uh, hmm. That was good. 
But I think uh, when he came for the overtime, I think uh, he was already focused and uh, wasn't uh, worried about it. Having been teammates with Kane and Taves, and and they're probably obviously the two guys that are still there that you that sort of know anymore. Are you curious to see how this all plays out, and just I, I guess what you know what the future brings for them and, and the organization and everything? So uh, what's the new rumors, guys? I wanna hear it. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to ask you. That, you tell like... us what's on that group chat. You tell us. <laughs> oh, it's been quiet though, lately. <laughs> yeah, like. Uh... Yeah, it's. I I think uh, like me personally, I think there's so much respect from the organization uh, between uh, you know the organization and uh, Jonathan Taves and organization and Kapadri Kane. So I believe you know uh, you know they're gonna be talking, and if they already are talking, and uh, you know. I believe if they decide like they want to be moved somewhere, you know, it's going to happen. And uh, I believe if they're going to say, well, they want to end up the career in Chicago, they will stay there. But that's my feeling, you know, well, we'll see what's going to happen. But uh, that's just my feeling, you know. You... I feel like we make a big deal out of the idea of being with one team your whole career. You played for, what, five different teams? Uh, five, six, yeah. six, six if you count the Coyotes. <laughs> and yeah. uh, the, this, I mean... Is it, do we make too big a deal out of that about the idea of sticking with one team? I mean, it's not like your career was any lesser for it. No, I think to me it's impressive uh, when somebody stay. It's it, it's kind of iconic, right? Like Nicholas yeah. Lindstrom, right? right? So it's special. Uh, like uh, if not, I'm not mistaken, Stevie Y. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's like it's it's something special being with one organization, like making a legacy in one organization. Uh, you know, uh, to me, uh, you know, it's. It could, it could be special, but also it's nice to check different organizations and see how they work. You know, when you retire, you gotta have a like, you can uh, you can talk about that, see what's different somewhere else. Uh, so, um, so it's tough to say. Definitely, if you stay in one organization during your whole career, that's that's amazing. I think it's legendary. It doesn't happen often, and uh, you that means you're a special player for that team, right? How how was Atlanta as a hockey town? I really don't know. I never covered the league during those years. You know what? Uh, first, you can tell, uh, like you're coming from Canada, where everything is about hockey, and all of a sudden, it's not even B market, it's C market. Right. And it's definitely when they told me, uh, you know, I can use the sticks just for the games, new sticks, uh, not for the practice. I was like, it's like this, is like uh, what, like junior team in junior, I could make us like I never understand that. And to me, that kind of drove me off my first couple of weeks in Atlanta. But the later I was there, you know, they saw me. I was scoring goals. I was playing good. They told me like the trainers, like oh, also you can use the stick when whenever you want, like in a, anywhere else, right? But uh, still, like you can tell, like the market was a little bit different. But the country, the the city, I really started enjoying it. Even that wasn't a big hockey market. Uh, we started drawing more and more people. But life outside of hockey, we enjoyed it. Like nice weather, you know, lots of choices to do things in a big city. And uh, I like Atlanta at the end. To be fair, I, I mean, you could have been a lifelong senator. They They sort of didn't give you that option, though, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I love Ottawa. Uh, I had a great uh, almost seven years there. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, 
quick trade after the me signing, uh, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, still got a great memories in Ottawa where I started. Still got lots of friends there. Still talking lots of uh, those guys there. And uh, yeah, it's always going to be a special place in my hockey career. So what's next for you? What do you? I mean, we've always talked about that you're going to probably work with the Blackhawks in some capacity, but you've got a lot going on back home. Uh, how do you anticipate? You know, the next ten years of your life looking. Yeah, it's it's been quite busy lately, but uh, because of you know uh, the book uh, came out in North America, uh, a few weeks later the book came out in Slovakia. So I'm doing some promo, some TV uh, interviews, uh, you know, and uh, things like that. So it's been quite a busy, but also uh, you know uh, uh, having my company here with uh, with uh, lots of people inside of the company. We just had a. a how you say it in English? A Christmas party for the for the company around. Uh, you know, not everybody could make it, so there was only hundred people there. But we had like two hundred fifty people in the in the company, so it's it's a quite a big logistics. And um, just meeting uh, uh, my team of people, and we taking uh, you know another steps for the next year. They try to introduce me what's uh, where we aiming. I gonna. I have lots of questions, like always, in my back, and uh, want to ask uh, lots of things. So uh, next week, I'm I'm uh, driving to to the East Slovakia for my companies and meeting those, those my team there. And uh, uh, so I'm gonna be, you know, a little bit busy with that. And uh, you know, then Christmas time, uh, celebrating, and can wait for them, that part of the year. Plus, you have another daughter, another baby daughter to take care of. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So she's been great, and. Uh, I'm glad during the ceremony she didn't cry and we got a great picture uh, all together. And we had a plan B. <laughs> if she cried, you know, we had like uh, something going on. We would have to hand the baby to the, you know, uh, uh, my mother-in-law in the bench. Uh, and that wouldn't <laughs> be the same because the, she would be missing on a great picture with the, with the flag, uh, with the jersey going up and, uh, you know, you know, I'm just glad it all worked out. Yeah, we got three all girl dads in this call. We should be, you know, sharing uh, hair to stair styling tips and things. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I know Scott. You got uh, Margie too. I got two little girls also. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. It's a How learning process, isn't it? <laughs> How old are girls? Uh, seven and ten. Seven and ten. Okay, yeah. so similar to mine. Yeah. 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 Just about. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, crazy. Is, is was there? I know that the book's over and done. And was there anything that surprised you about the process, or anything that um, I guess you didn't expect going into it? Well, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you were at the Zoom call, uh, but when I asked the publisher, uh, like, how long it takes to write it, and uh, they told me a year and a half. If you want to make it, you know, good reading, because you can make it quicker. But uh, if you want to make it good and write. They said between a year and a half, two years, right? So that kind of surprised me. And uh, I thought I'm going to be faster. Don't get me wrong. And not because of, you know, uh, the time differences, Slovakia and uh, Chicago. But, uh, you know, also, uh, also uh, would I think we would have done it probably faster if I'm in Chicago and you are in Chicago nonstop, yeah. right? Or you're in Slovakia and I'm Slovakia. But because the time differences, it took us uh, pretty much two years, right? Yeah. 
So that was, that surprised me. You know, I wasn't expecting even they said a year and a half, two years. But uh, I'm glad. You know, uh, we took our time, and I think uh, you know the book is uh, pretty good, and I, I I liking it. Do you do you look back and do you have? I mean, we don't need to re- rehash the whole skin condition thing, but you were still a very good player when you had to retire. Do you ever stop and think, man, if I had two or three more years, what I could have accomplished? what my numbers could look like or are you satisfied with a hall of fame jersey retirement level career no i wouldn't change anything uh you know it it is how it is how it's supposed to be most likely uh definitely i still have like plenty fuel in my tank i just feel like still strong when i was uh uh finishing my last year and uh you know i felt like i still had like at least a few years in me and uh, but you know uh, it is what it was uh, couldn't play any longer staying on a pills and uh, the skin issue was at the time crucial I had to make a big decision and uh, I wouldn't change anything that's good I mean I appreciate you doing this uh, appreciate you coming on I know we, we we mentioned everyone that you'd be on at some point and I and I I was joking that you, you, you... <laughs> I wasn't sure if that would happen or not. That you had a, you were a pretty busy schedule, so appreciate you uh, you coming yeah, out with thanks, us. Man. Yeah, sorry guys, it took me a little bit longer, but uh, it was it was quite busy. And I told uh, Scott, you know, definitely I will do it, but uh, most likely in Chicago it won't happen uh, because uh, it was a crazy schedule there. Yeah, and uh, I knew when I come home and uh, you know have a few weeks to settle down, uh, I'm gonna have more time to chat with you and. Uh, you know, I'm glad we're doing this. I appreciate, I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for always being so open and uh, and available during your career. We really appreciate you guys like you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I, you know, you guys were great to me, and uh, you know, it's likewise. And uh, I always had a uh, lot of respect for, for your work. And uh, sometimes it, I understand for you guys, it's not easy. Also for the players, when things are not going right, it's not easy to answering uh, questions. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's, uh, you know, part of your job and, uh, you know, p- people have to understand it and, uh, you know, everybody have to be professional, you know, in a way, right? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Marion. All right, man. Yeah. Thanks, Marion. Okay, guys. Just a little bit Won't you let